0: How long just been building
1: it? You didn't wake up this morning and say No, no I didn't wake up this morning. Uh, a week and a half, two weeks. It's been a little bit fast and furious. And uh, the lack of progress on my ankle. And I'm in pain. I'm still in pain. I've been in this cycle, which feels like, I mean, it's been four years of this injury pain rehab cycle. And for me to move f- forward in my life the way I want to, it, 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 It doesn't involve football. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening, downloading
2: and subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Check this out on this podcast. We're going to talk about the NFL, more specifically, the acronym for which the NFL stands for. Not for long. (laughs) We're going to talk about Andrew Luck's abrupt retirement and Jay-Z's quote-unquote partnership with the NFL. Now, I'll be the first to admit this isn't a necessarily sports podcast, but you don't necessarily have to follow the NFL to get an appreciation for what we're going to talk about on this one. Um... The voice that you heard when the podcast began was that of former Indianapolis Colts quarterback Andrew Luck. If you're familiar with Andrew Luck, he was a four time all pro, um, great quarterback, great role model. Uh, he was 29 years old at the time of this recording, and he abruptly retired from the NFL, in essence, in the prime of his career. And the reason that he retired was because basically his body has been breaking down and you don't have to be a fan of the Indianapolis Colts or a fan of uh, the NFL to know that Andrew Luck is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I, I had him in my top five and this guy walks away from the game. Basically, in the prime, or what would be the beginning of the prime of his career, and injuries had taken its toll on his body. And a lot of discussion came from Andrew Luck's early retirement. While people got over the shock of his retirement, and this happened at the time of this recording, happened about two weeks ago. So It's still fresh. The NFL season is about to start. Um, People were shocked. Even the most ardent of sports fans were shocked that Andrew Luck had walked away from the game. And it came as a surprise to most because Andrew Luck had been rehabbing for the past I don't know, five or six months trying to overcome a what was described as a calf strain, which then turned into an ankle bone bruise. And to be honest, I'm not even sure what the injury is at this point. We just know that Andrew Luck is in a lot of pain and he abruptly walked away from the game. And I remember I was just sitting there watching TV and My son comes in and he's like, did you hear about Andrew Luck? And I'm like, huh? And I then got an alert on my phone that Andrew Luck was retiring from football. And again, I was shocked. I knew Andrew Luck had been battling. I knew he had been, uh, you know, trying to overcome this injury. And injuries have been a thing for Andrew Luck over the past few years. Uh, In 2015, Andrew Luck missed nine games due to a torn labrum and a lacerated kidney. Now, if you have a lacerated kidney, that's not fun. I mean, like, I can only imagine how that feels, but they say the man was peeing blood. And he still kept playing football. Uh, the following year, he missed the game because of a concussion. He missed all of the 2017 season. He missed 16 games um, due to a bad shoulder. Shoulder he had shoulder surgery. And again, he had to sit out the entire season. So he spent 2017 rehabbing, trying to get himself better. Comes back in 2018 and wins the come black, comeback player of the year for the NFL and has a great season. But in the offseason, uh he strains his calf has issues with his ankle, and it just did not get better. We got word that Andrew Luck was having calf problems. This was back in like March. At the time of this recording is September. And he's still not healed. Calf strains don't take that long to heal. And so I remember just a couple of months ago where the Colts head coach mentioned, well, hey, you know, this is kind of similar to the Kevin Durant thing. And I was like, wait a minute. Kevin Durant, (laughs) Kevin Durant, that's basketball. That's something different. And we all saw what happened with Kevin Durant when he tore his Achilles. So one thing about the leg, you know, you only have two legs, right? And so if you have an injury to a leg, uh, sometimes depending on where the injury is, you can make other injuries in other places in, in that particular leg or the other leg, if you're trying to what they call overcompensate for the leg. But Nonetheless, to make the long story short, Luck just said, man, look, I can't do it. And there was a lot of there was a lot of of, of pushback and, and people upset about him retiring. I'm trying to figure out why people were so upset. Right. I mean, it's his body. He knows how good or bad his body is. And I'm trying to figure out like who in their right mind would be mad about somebody retiring or basically quitting their job. Everybody in their mind, everybody in their right mind wants to quit their job. If you could quit your job tomorrow and be financially secure, you would. And you're worried about Andrew Luck quitting football. That doesn't make any sense to me. And so people, fans in particular, and, and I use the word fans loosely because fan is short for fanatic fans you know were up in arms about him retiring and uh, you know I heard people saying stuff like well he should have why did he wait until the last minute you know he was he 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 owed his team more he don't owe his team shit you sound dumb Andrew Luck probably he probably had been trying and trying and trying. And he kept telling himself, okay, this is going to get better. It's going to get better. And then he got to a point where he realized that it wasn't getting any better. And I don't blame him for that because here's the thing. You can't have it both ways. This is what fans want. They want you to put yourself through, you know, everything to get back on the field. And I get it or the court or the diamond or whatever, or the ice or whatever the case may be depending on the sport. I get it. But at the same time, you know, I don't have to live with the hits and the punishment that Andrew Luck's body is taking. And yes, Andrew Luck, I think he was scheduled to make twenty eight million dollars this year. He's made over one hundred million dollars in his career. The guy has a degree from state. He has an engineering degree from Stanford. I think he'll be okay. (laughs) I don't think he's going to bounce any checks. He's twenty nine. He's married. I think he and his wife have their first child on the way, and he probably looked around and was just like, "Look, I can't keep doing this. I just can't keep doing
1: this." I'd like to say too, this has been my personal journey in football, obviously, and not and everybody's journey is 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 different. And I, uh, I, you know, uh, over the past week, I'd sit and think, you know, am I, do I am I going to have a bunch of resentment towards this game or spite towards you know, coming to this building or, and, and I don't, I, 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 all I feel is love for this game and love for my teammates and walking in. And I know, I know my journey has had some, you know, some ups and downs and physically it has taken its toll over the last four years. And that, I mean, that is why I'm here. And in and, and the, in and the mental and emotional toll that, 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 that takes as well.
2: And I can't say that I blame him. There was a lot of questions as to who was to blame, And I'm pretty sure in Andrew Luck's mind, he's probably thinking, okay, well, hey, I don't want to let my teammates down. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. But, you know, at the end of the day, you have to listen to your body. And he could have very well hung on and just collected a check, which is what a lot of guys do. But he didn't want to cheat the game. He didn't want to cheat his teammates. He didn't want to cheat himself. And so. For me, this is a a deep issue because as many of you know, I played football. No, I didn't play on the level of of Andrew Luck, but I played football from the age of eight all the way through college. I played college football at South Carolina State University. What up, Germ? (laughs) And so, uh, you know, I get where he's coming from. You know, he, he just didn't want to continue on this cycle that he was going through rehabbing, trying to get together and, you know, get himself ready. And he mentioned that in his press conference that after the 2017 season, when he missed the entire season, he said, look, I'm not going to go through this again. He's like, I'm not going to put my body through this again, ever again, because it's just not worth it. And so he decides to walk away from the game. And and again, who gets mad at someone quitting their job? Well, here's what happens. The word gets out because of social media. Uh, Adam Schefter from ESPN uh, gets some intel information that Luck is going to retire. So he tweets it out all while a preseason game is going on. and Andrew Luck is on the field at home against uh, some other team that they were playing against. I can't remember who they were playing against. Uh, And Andrew Luck's on the sideline in street clothes. And so the word is, is quickly spreading throughout the stadium that the Indianapolis Colts quarterback is going to retire. So keep in mind, he's at home. He's in his home stadium. And the word gets out that he's going to retire. Now, somebody in the Colts organization leaked the information. I don't know who and they don't know who, but somebody said something. And so Luck's plan was to tell his teammates after the game that he was going to retire. He was going to have a press conference the following day to let the media know but that never happened because Schefter leaks the report. He puts it on Twitter and the whole world knows. And Andrew Luck is standing on the sideline and he is oblivious to the fact that everybody knows that he's retiring. So, you know, it ain't a secret if you tell more than one person. That's what I was always told. So, I don't know who he told. He told, obviously, he told the Colts. He had told the Colts that, you know, uh, leading up to, I want to say, he said two weeks, he had been contemplating it. And I think they probably had been going back and forth as to how it was going to get done, you know, because obviously there's financial situations and stuff like that tied into it. Uh, Nonetheless, but that was his prerogative. I, I don't begrudge anybody for walking away. Because sometimes walking away from the game is the easiest thing that you can do. People don't understand. They just see what happens on Sundays or Thursday nights. None of us know the physical torment and pain and punishment that you put your body through to get yourself ready. And again, I did. I never played on that level, so I don't know. And I played a position. I played wide receiver. So. I'm not, although I'm getting into contact, I'm not necessarily running into somebody every play. But most players, you know, who retire, they have and will have even the the people that we watch every Sunday and every Saturday and every Monday night and every Thursday night. They're going to have issues down the road, physical issues. I mean, like just getting out of bed, like if it takes you an hour just to get out of bed I mean, I don't know how much money that you would want to make to offset that. I mean, could somebody give you $10 million and say, hey, you're going to put your body through this. And it's one thing to have a bad shoulder. It's another thing to have a bad ankle. But when you have cognitive issues, because here's the thing, the last time that I checked, you only get one brain. I don't think we have more than one brain. So the constant blows to the head. The neurological issues. You have so many players now at very young ages having dementia. All of that is attributed to blows to the head, concussions, CTE, uh, players having, you know, mood swings, depression, anxiety, things of that nature. A lot of that is attributed to running into other people at full speed. I mean, the NFL won't tell you that, but That's just science. And most players know what they're, you know, signing up for. But here's the here's the thing. You take a guy like me, I've been I played the game since I was eight years old. While football wasn't all that I knew for a lot of players, it is it's all that they know. So just imagine yourself being a football player and you have this goal of making it to the NFL. And you work hard and hard and hard, countless hours, of practice field, extra sessions, whatever the case may be. And you finally reach the pinnacle of where you're trying to go. You make it to the NFL. I want to break down some numbers for you because I, th- I think this is very telling. So let's say you make it to an NFL camp, right? You make it to the camp. There's 90 players that's invited to the camp. They're only going to keep 53. And of that fifty-three, you got. And I'll, I'll just give you some baseline numbers for offensive linemen: nine offensive linemen, five defensive linemen, nine linebackers, three tight ends, three quarterbacks, four running backs, eleven—excuse me—seven wide receivers, eleven defensive backs, and three special teamers. And what I mean by that is kickers, punters, whatever. That's your fifty-three man. 53 men excuse me so when you have numbers like that just imagine and then you also have to calculate in the fact that there are let's say the team that you make it to there's 40 people coming back from last year so of those numbers that I gave you there's 40 players already on basically already on the team so in essence you have 90 guys invited to camp 40 guys are already on the team. So you've got 50 guys competing for 13 spots. Mm, Last time I checked, those aren't good odds. But let's say just for the sake of saying that you make the 53 man roster, you know how long the average NFL career is? Three years. Andrew Luck played seven. And he was one of the best of the best. He walks away from not only... What they're estimating is a quarter of a million dollars, which he would have made over the next 10 years, because he probably could have played another 10 years. But guess what? Everybody can't be Andrew Luck. They can't be. And so all of this stuff is going on in the stadium. The fans get the word and the game ends and Andrew Luck is walking off the field and the fans boo Andrew Luck, his Home fans in his stadium boo him. Wow. Are you serious?
1: The fans, did you hear the reaction of Walk off the field? Yeah, I'd be lying if I didn't say I heard the reaction. Yeah, it hurt. I'll be honest, Jeff.
2: Yeah, he was hurt. And I can't say that I blame him because I would be hurt too. And any any athlete that says that they're not bothered by what the fans say or what the fans do, that's not true. Now, most won't be bothered by the fans, but nobody wants to be booed. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are. Nobody wants to be booed. Now, if you're in another arena, that's different. You almost expect to be booed, but on your own home field, and this conceivably could have been the last time that Andrew Luck stood on his home field of Lucas Oil Stadium, and as he walked off the field in street clothes, he got booed by his own fans who were not happy with his decision to retire. Let me tell you something. Andrew Luck don't owe y'all shit. He doesn't. That's his body. That's his mind. And he's going to take it with him. And I don't blame him. I don't blame him at all. Because here's the thing. Most people don't get a chance to retire from the NFL. You only stop playing for one or two ways. You either get hurt or the phone stops ringing. That's what happens. Very few actually retire from the NFL and kind of ride off into the sunset. Very few play 10 plus years. Very few. If you play 10 years in the NFL you or 10 plus years, it's a bonus. You've made it. Hopefully you've invested your money. But even if you only play three years... If the average baseline median salary, let's just say the minimum salary in the NFL is $500,000 and you play three years. Well, I mean, you can do the math and figure out how much you've made. Can you live off of that? Um, I guess you could if you live extremely modest. Like my boy always tell me, he's like, "You, you, you won't be wealthy, but that's a good start on life because... If you've made a million dollars, you know, you're probably not gonna go to a four-year college or wherever this particular football player went to college, probably not gonna finish a four-year college and walk into somebody's office and make a million dollars. You're probably that's probably not going to happen fresh out of college. So, but the downside to it is you're three years into your NFL career and now it's over. Team cuts you, or you get injured phone stops ringing. Now what? You've identified yourself as a football player. So that's what you've been, at least for some, most of your life. So what happens when you no longer play football? What happens when the cheering stops? Who are you? Where are you going? What are you going to do? Everybody can't coach. Everybody can't transition to the booth. I mean, to be honest, some football players just simply can't talk. You know, so you really, you really don't want them on TV or radio, and that's not to, you know, begrudge anybody, but that's that's what it is. I'm just, I'm just keeping it real with you. But, yeah, is that what happens then? Who are you? Where are you going? You've identified yourself as a football player. This is your identity, for some. And then once that's taken away, who are you? Where are you going to go? What are you going to do? And that's a lot to ask. And that's a lot to ask for someone when they're 24, 25 years old and they've worked for something all of their life and it's gone. What next? You know, I you if you follow this podcast, you've heard me talk about, you know, the NFL in particular, just professional athletes in general. It's the best temp job in the world. That's exactly what it is. It's a temp job. It's not something that you're going to work for forever. So I can't believe that the fans of Indianapolis, you know, booed their franchise quarterback because he decided to walk away. And in walking away, he probably did one of the smartest things that he could ever do, because nobody's going to feel that pain that he has, you know, waking up in the morning. Nobody's going to feel that pain that he has when he tries to throw a football to his, you know, child when they're of age. Nobody's going to know what it feels like when his back is bothering him and he has to get out of his car to open the door for his wife. He has to deal with that. And if he has cognitive issues down the line, you know, none of us are going to deal with that. These same people that we watch and cheer for every Sunday, that's what they're going to go through uh, in life. And to be honest, a lot of us, a lot of fans act as though you care. In all honesty, you don't. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Fans only care about the name on the front of the jersey, not the back. So instead of being mad at Luck and players like him, don't be mad. Because in the NFL, how long is your career expected to last? NFL, not for long. As many of you know, Jay-Z has uh, been in the headlines and the news here over the past few weeks. A couple of weeks ago, it was announced that Jay-Z would be partnering with the NFL. Um, and in his partnership with the NFL, they were, you know, doing some things. And obviously, the everything that transpired, you know, when they talked about it, Uh, Just even just his mere involvement with the NFL was controversial at best. Uh, They the NFL and Jay Z's company, Rock Nation, announced uh, the Inspired Change uh, Initiative, uh, the change initiative. And then here recently they uh, announced uh, an apparel line that they would be launching as well. Now the Inspire Change Initiative program uh, will encourage and support uh, economic e- empowerment, police and community relations, and criminal justice reform. Uh, they'll be donating the programs. They're you know getting really involved with the community. Um, Jay Z invited NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell to his Roc Nation headquarters. They invited some. And I use the word some loosely members of the press uh, and the media and social media to this event. And they announced it. Uh, And so we get the visuals of Jay Z sitting and answering questions, uh, you know, about his partnership with the NFL. Now, if you go back a few months to the beginning of this season, excuse me, this year, uh, in 2019, Jay Z was very critical and uh, of the NFL, and publicly uh, asked uh, rapper Travis Scott not to perform at the Super Bowl because of the NFL's treatment of banished quarterback Colin Kaepernick. Uh, many of you know Colin Kaepernick, the former San Francisco 49ers quarterback, uh, has been, you know. Uh, and unceremoniously blackballed out of the NFL for taking a knee during the national anthem. He took a knee to bring awareness to social injustice, uh oppression as well as, you know, police brutality amongst uh black and brown people across this country. Uh, of course, Collins' message was hijacked and distorted all across <laughs> this nation. Um and Jay-Z, for what it's worth, had been a fan and a proponent of Colin Kaepernick and, uh, you know, really supported Colin. Uh, I believe Jay-Z, I remember Jay-Z even wearing a Kaepernick jersey uh, while performing on Saturday Night Live. Um, so we get the visuals of Jay-Z, Sean Corey Carter, uh, sitting at the table with Commissioner Roger Goodell being peppered with questions. Um Now, when they roll this out, they talked about the change initiative and what it was going to do, but they did not go into specifics as to what the change initiative was. Uh, I did my own research and looked it up. And really what they laid out was pretty good, at least from what I could tell. However, I had to go look it up like none of this stuff was presented to those in the room. Um, and none of this stuff was presented to the public as Jay-Z and Roger Goodell began to talk about it. Uh, so it looked really weird. It looked to me, it looked like they were unprepared because I think when you start talking about, well, Hey, this is our initiative. We plan to do this. We plan to do that you know, people are going to ask questions. So you want to have a PowerPoint. You want to have some printouts or something. You want to have a press release or something to go along with what it is that you're saying. So people can visually see what it is that you're proposing. And it's not like where it's a situation where people have to guess as what it is that you're talking about, but they didn't do that. So you had this picture of Roger Goodell and Jay Z answering questions. Uh, first and foremost, even the biggest fans of Jay-Z will recognize that him sitting at the table with Roger Goodell, the optics look awful, right? I mean, like, there's no way that you can shape that to make it look good. It looks bad, particularly when Jay-Z was extremely critical of the uh, NFL. And so here it is, is: you're critical one minute and the next minute you're partnering with them. So that looks bad. The optics look awful. And then secondly, They really had no concrete answers to the questions that they were being asked, and also, this wasn't a quote unquote real press conference, this wasn't at the NFL headquarters, it wasn't in some you know place where you have real members of the media. I mean, like, they had Charlemagne there, I mean, like. (laughs) I mean, and Charlemagne has some good questions, but Charlemagne, the God, is not going to ask the same questions that Mike Lupica is going to ask. He's not going to ask the same questions that Marcus Thompson is going to ask is because, again, he's not, you know, a a member of the media. And so to me, it looked again, the optics look bad for Jay-Z because you can sit here and talk all of this change initiative stuff, but it looks like you can you set up the room and you're controlling the room. And that's not good for your, for whatever it is that you're trying to put out, because it looks like there's something to hide. And so when people saw this, people were hot, people were upset. And Jay-Z in particular, uh, you know, he basically said uh, during his, I think someone had asked, it might've been Charlamagne too, asked him, you know, about the partnership and asked him about, you know, taking a knee. And Jay-Z said, well, you know, we've moved past kneeling, close quote. And I'm paraphrasing here. Uh, he said, we, we moved past kneeling. And so that clip of him saying we've moved past kneeling uh, set social media and Twitter ablaze. I mean, like people were really upset about it. Eric Reed Uh, Colin Kaepernick's former teammate with the San Francisco 49ers, who also took a knee with him during the national anthem, uh, was very critical of Jay-Z and very, you know, demonstrative as to, you know, he didn't like the fact that, you know, uh, he felt like Jay had, you know, sold Colin out, basically. Um, Jay-Z also went on to say, and I quote, we forget that Colin's whole thing was to bring attention to social justice. In that case, this is a success. The next thing, because there are two parts to the protest. You go out and protest and the company and the individual says, I hear you. What do we do next? Close quote. Um, so what Jay-Z is trying to say is, okay, well, we have to have someone at the table. We have to move forward. And this is how we move forward. Point taken. However, it looks really funny that you're the person at the table. And, 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 I wanna I wanna be careful in how I say this and how I word this because I don't want people to misconstrue what I'm saying. Jay-Z has done a lot for social change. Now keep in mind when they, when they sat at the table, the initial talk was about the change initiative and Rock Nation was taking over the production and you know finding talent for the Super Bowl and all this stuff like that. if Jay-Z had proposed this as, okay, well, Rock Nation is gonna be over the Super Bowl, okay. I get it. I might not like it, but I get it. But then when you start talking about social change, you know, I'm not going to say that's not in Jay-Z's wheelhouse because he's done a lot. I I know for a fact that Jay-Z has, you know, done a lot and said a lot for, uh, you know, social change. And, you know, I know personally, uh, I have a friend who was in Ferguson during the riots who got arrested and was bailed out by Jay-Z. So, I'm not going to say that he does not put his money where his mouth is because he has. Uh, that being said, it looks really funny to me that you're sitting there with Roger Goodell. And I mentioned this on the Dead End Sports podcast. Shout out to the fellas. Um, and I think it's worth mentioning here. When I was a kid, one of the things that they would always say about the NFL was, and one of the NFL's models, were, motto was, was to quote-unquote win the press conference. That's all they wanted to do. And they the NFL pretty much is stuck to that. They want to win the press conference. And so to bring Jay-Z out, you kind of push Colin Kaepernick to the side. Now, in fairness, some might say, well, Cap wasn't ever coming back. As many of you know, Colin Kaepernick sued the NFL uh, and... He and the NFL both settled out of court. Uh, It is presumed that it was for millions and millions of dollars. We'll never know how much it was, but let's just let's say it was 80 million dollars for wages laws. Let's say somewhere between 80 and 100 million dollars. The NFL, at least the NFL that I know, and I've been watching the NFL since 1976. The NFL rarely settles in court. Rarely, because normally what they do is they will take they will let you take them to court and they will bleed you and bleed you and bleed you until you have no choice but to have an out of court settlement. And they usually win. Well, in this case, it looks like the NFL lost. But because there's an, a non disclosure agreement that was signed between the NFL and Colin Kaepernick, we'll never know the amount of which Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reid settled for. But let's say it's one hundred million dollars, right? If it's one hundred million dollars, Colin Kaepernick has his money. The NFL, in my eyes, at that point, if they weren't done with Colin Kaepernick before, they were really done with him by now, because once they pay you, they're not bringing you back. So, you know, and I know there's been a lot of people talking about, well, you know, Jay-Z should have gotten Cap a job. And and Jay-Z even said it himself, like he wasn't there to get Colin Kaepernick a job. He said he did mention he did talk to Colin Kaepernick about this deal and this partnership. However, what he failed to mention was he talked to Colin Kaepernick after his deal had been consummated. Now, what I would have liked to have seen, I would have liked to have seen Jay-Z involve Colin Kaepernick in some way, shape or form in his either the negotiations or his discussion, whatever the case may be. I think Cap should have had a seat at that table. But again, the NFL, they're done with Colin Kaepernick. They were done, they are done with Colin Kaepernick. They're done, they're so much done with Colin Kaepernick to the point where if all of the quarterbacks in the NFL got hurt tomorrow, they would call me before they called Colin Kaepernick to play in the NFL. And I'm not playing in the NFL, but I'm just saying it, it's just like that. They would call. Every quarterback that they could before they ever called him, he'll never see the field of he'll never see another NFL field. And it's unfortunate because I think deep down. Colin Kaepernick probably knows this. He probably knew that this would happen, but maybe not to this degree, but he probably knew this when he opted out of his contract in San Francisco. But none of us saw this coming. But I would have, you know, getting back to Jay-Z, I would have liked to have seen Jay-Z involve Colin Kaepernick in some way, shape, or fashion. Unfortunately, he didn't. And so this makes it look even worse for Jay-Z. And so people are mad and people are hot at Jay-Z. People are talking about canceling Jay-Z. People are talking about boycotting his music. I mean, go ahead if you want. I mean, (laughs) I'm not boycotting Jay-Z, but I haven't bought a Jay-Z album since like, uh, what was it? What was it? Um, damn, it's been a long time. I can't remember the last Jay Z album that I actually bought. Um, American Gangster, that was the last, and to be honest, that was the last good Jay Z album. Yeah, I know y'all like 444, 4, 4, but it wasn't that good to me. I'm sorry, sorry, not sorry. It wasn't that good. Jay Z spilling his beans about his affair. I don't care. Give me reasonable doubt, Jay Z. Give me, you know, black album Jay-Z. That's the Jay-Z that I remember. But that's another story for another day. I'm not talking about his music. Uh, But yeah, people want to cancel Jay-Z. And I understand why people are upset, but why? I get it, but why? I mean, Jay-Z's a hustler. Jay-Z's a capitalist. Jay-Z's about money. Jay-Z has been about Jay-Z forever. I mean, he's a billionaire. I don't know anybody who's made a billion dollars that's made it, quote unquote, honestly. I mean, I'm pretty sure you had to step and shit on a couple of people along the way. So, you know, to the people who are mad at Jay Z and upset with Jay Z, I get it. I hear you. You know, you cannot buy his music. I mean, I don't think Jay. I don't think Jay-Z's making music for you anyway, to be honest. I, to be honest, I don't know who Jay's making music for. Jay-Z, Jay-Z really should cut his hair off. I mean, I'm going to just say that. I mean, he looks fucking silly. Jay-Z's 50 years old looking like shit. That's what he looks like. He looks like shit. <laughs> I mean, bro, you 50, man. You can't be walking around like that. And again, if you know me, I'm a huge Jay-Z fan musically. Oh, he, I, I take that back. Of his early music I can't The stuff that he's making And has been making For the last 5-10 years I can't mess with it I just It ain't for me I get why some of you like it It ain't for me There's nothing There's I heard 444 I'm not listening to that album again Magna Carta Trash I mean I just I'm not You know There's nothing to debate I'm not listening to his music And there's no It's not because I'm boycotting it I just He's not appealing to me but I think he probably would start by cutting his hair. Cut that shit off your head, man. You're 50. Stop looking like that. <laughs> but nonetheless, um, so I get why people are upset. But again, you, what is that going to change? Now, Jay-Z makes the case that you know we need to move forward and we need, need to make tangible actions and we need to, 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 to be pushing forward as far as the culture is concerned. And I get it. And he's right to some degree. And we do need to be at the table. I don't necessarily know if we need Jay-Z at the table, you know, Uh, because again, the NFL is here to win the press conference. And the first thing that I said when I saw a picture of Jay-Z and I heard the audio, I said, I think Jay played himself. How long should be doing? How long will you be doing business with the NFL, Jay-Z? NFL, not for long. Is he... they play a different kind of game, Jay. They play a different kind of game, and yeah, we know that you know how to move in a room full of vultures and, and shady industry people. This ain't your industry. This ain't your industry. there. yeah, Robert Kraft and Jerry Jones and all of these other rich white owners in the NFL, yeah, they they might be cool with you, but trust me, they play a whole different ball game in that room, and I'm I'm. For as smart as I think Sean Corey Carter is, I just don't know if and how he can maneuver in that room. Now, he says he's about actions, so let's see what actions he's going to have. I-, I took that approach of, okay, I'm a, I'll am i wait and see what Jay-Z is going to do, because while he does have a track record, I was like, okay, I'll wait and see. And then the first initiative they had, they came up with, was this clothing line apparel inspired change apparel and the proceeds were going to be donated and all of this and all of that. And they were going to have rock nation, uh, artists performing at the NFL kickoff Meek Mill, um, a girl Rhapsody shout out to Rhapsody. I love her new album. Eve in stores is dope as hell. And somebody named Megan trainer, never heard of her. Um, she might be on rock nation. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry, but, uh, nonetheless, So you're selling T-shirts and you're donating the proceeds and you're going to take that and that's going to fund programs for, you know, community involvement, uh, police involvement, and things of that nature. And then lo and behold, as normally happens with the, with the internet, uh, here recently, there was a clip that was found or some clips from a I guess it was a press. I don't know if it's a press conference or a meeting or whatever it was. Uh, Jay-Z was addressing an audience. This was back in January of 2019. So this was just before the Super Bowl. And Jay-Z talks about in the audio, you hear him talking about where it sounds as if he is blaming single parenthoods for police brutality. But I won't spoil it for you. I'll let you hear from Jay himself. And again, this isn't the full audio. This is just a clip that has been
0: circulating. You think about the idea of uh, growing up in a single parent house, which I grew up in, which you grew up in, and having an adverse feeling for authority, right? Your father's gone. So you're like, I hate my dad. Well, nobody tell me what to do. I'm the man in the house. And then you hit the street and you run into a police officer. And his first thing is, put your hands up, freeze, shut up. And you're like... Excuse my language, everybody. You're like, fuck you. Right? So that, in, that interaction causes people to lose lives. A lot of these issues were, are in place now because they were run on, they like political issues. People run on this and got elected to office, and it's no disrespect. I don't want anyone to feel defensive about what I'm saying. I'm just saying the honest truth. And the people that are here today, and the politicians that are here today, know it's the truth. That's why they're here. And it's a humane issue. Right? So if we are broken the family structure in one um, culture, it affects everyone. It affects that police officer who has to go home to their kid. It affects, um, you know, people who are raising kids and uh, working really hard and have to pay taxes. And then, you know, we're housing people in jail for incredible amounts of time, and this money is coming from, you know, hard-working people. So it affects everyone in some sort of way, and it's an important issue. I think that, for me, to I be mean, very specific, that and education are the two most important issues for us. And we don't want people that's uh, in charge of the police uh, areas to be in danger, either we want to be very clear. You know, if someone commits a crime, they should go to jail. But these things are just disproportionate,
2: and the whole world knows it. So you have to decide with that. You know what it is that you take from that. Um Again, I heard there's more of the clip. I mean, it's it's a the the question that he answers is about ten minutes long. But I'm not playing a, a ten minute clip. You can find it out, find it online. Um I, the part that you don't hear, I understood because he started talking about Meek Mill and Meek's situation. And that led into the part that you heard just then. I understood what he was talking about Meek. He lost me in what he just said just then. So even that audio really has pissed people off. So again, Jay-Z, it looks like you are the face of, For the NFL. You're the black face that they can use to win some of the black people back over to come back after the Colin Kaepernick fiasco. But here's the thing black people aren't the NFL's primary target market. They're not. Never have been. While black players make up 80% of the league, it's not. Again, NFL. What does it stand for? Not for long. So I would caution and question Jay-Z and I know Jay-Z's listening to this podcast because he listens every week. Um, I hope you know what you're doing. I hope you know what you're doing because from the outside where I stand, it looks like you're playing yourself. It looks like you're playing yourself. And, you know, to the people who are upset I I don't know why you put so much in the other people and celebrities anyway. Because a lot of you, and maybe not you that are listening, but a lot of fans, music fans, athlete fans of athletes, whatever the case may be, you're down to ride with said entertainer or said rapper or said athlete until they say something that you disagree with. And then you ain't riding with them no more. <laughs> So maybe you were with Jay-Z the whole time that he was, you know, throwing the rock sign up and, you know, I don't know, rhyming with Memphis bleak. And now that he's doing and saying things that you don't necessarily like or understand or feel, you ain't fucking with him like that. And if you're not, I get it. I understand it. But the outrage and the outcry, I don't know. Maybe y'all y'all put too much in Jay-Z and, and some of these other celebrities, and I think you probably should. Um so the last thing I have to say is, as far as this partnership with the NFL, um, I would tell Jay-Z, you, had, you said that you wanted tangible, actionable items. You, you wanted action. So now it's on you to deliver those actions. And if those actions of the partnership involve you know, changing the Super Bowl halftime entertainment, I mean, honestly, just personally, I could care less because I don't really watch the halftime. I mean, I think that the dopest halftime was like when Beyonce performed. Those are the two dopest halftimes that I can remember. Oh, and Prince. Prince Prince's halftime shut it down. I mean, so unless we're going to bring Prince back unless Beyonce is going to perform, I'm probably, I'm really not interested in her. Cause it's not like you bring a run DMC out there. <laughs> so it's not like you bring in somebody that I really want to see, you know, so you bring out Miley Cyrus. I don't care. I'm not listening to Miley Cyrus, Cyrus. So you can bring Bruno Mars. You can bring Maroon. F- I don't care. I'm not watching. So I mean, but I'm not mad at Jay-Z. I'm not mad at the NFL. I just recognize them for who they are. The NFL has always been about winning the press conference. They've always been about what? Just like any other corporation. They're about money. So I'm not looking for them to be morally responsible when they're looking out for their bottom line. They're no, The NFL is no different than Coca-Cola, no different from Chick-fil-A, no different from uh, General Motors. They're about the bottom line. They see green. They want to win the press conference. And so does Jay-Z. But in the meantime, I would say to Jay, you know, this partnership got to be careful because the NFL has been doing this for years. How long have you been doing this? Not for long. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for me. Thank you for checking out the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. I'll catch you guys next time. Five thousand.